To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this Sunday after Easter is the gospel for today, which is always the gospel for every Sunday after Easter, the same one. Um, John chapter 20, you heard it read before. I recall just these words. Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad or overjoyed to see the Lord. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who died to take and to pay for your sins, who rose again, who ascended into heaven to rule over all things, my beloved. Have you ever tried to envision for yourself a world where there would be perfect peace? Maybe it would be something like this, no particular order or sequence. No wars between nations, no strife in families, no conflict in neighborhoods, no disputes between labor and management, no crime in the streets, no political disputes, no religious denominational splits, no gender bias, no racial divides. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Well, not quite. That would be only half right. You see, peace isn't only the absence of conflict. Peace also connotes the presence of something. Like harmony and love and cooperation and thoughtfulness and caring and sacrifice and safety and security and prosperity. That's why perfect peace is so elusive and unattainable because of the innate corruption of man's soul. The imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, Scripture says. And because of the sinfulness of each and every person, we can't muster up perfect love. And so Scripture says we cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. There was no peace for the ten disciples either as they sat behind locked doors on the first Easter evening. They were afraid, or perhaps we should say they were terrified. Terrified that somebody was going to come and get them. After all, they were Jesus' disciples, and it was just on Friday that the church co-opted with the government to lynch Jesus, and they were his followers. Maybe they would be next. What would it mean? Pain, death, whatever they did to Jesus. But I also thought, well, maybe there was another reason why they were afraid and terrified. Because they had heard from the women that Jesus was alive. And before his crucifixion, they had boasted of their loyalty. One denied, all of them ran, pretty poor performance. What would Jesus say? 
If he were alive, what would he do? But Jesus wasn't going to leave them alone in their fear. And so he comes for a visit. No noise, no rattling of windows or unlocking of doors necessary. He was just there. The risen, physical Jesus invaded their meeting with his presence because he wanted to bring them an Easter gift. He had given the very same Easter gift to the women at daylight, and now he wanted to give the very same Easter gift to the men at night. His Easter gift? Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were glad. They were overjoyed. The perfect Easter gift is replacing fear with joy, bringing peace by his presence. Is there anything that currently is making you afraid? North Korea? The situation with your health? Terrorism, shootings in schools and churches and synagogues, carjackings, political unrest, the price of gas, your health or lack of it? I remember a story way back when of my uh, paternal grandmother when she was diagnosed with cancer. And the, hosp- and the pastor, her pastor, her Lutheran pastor, visited her for the first time in the hospital. And he said, Maida, are you afraid? She said, yes. But you tell me of what? Sometimes we can't even articulate our fears, but we are afraid. Peace be with you. The risen Jesus is here. Oh, pastor, how can you possibly say that? St. Paul says, Jesus, who descended, is the very one who ascended higher than all heavens in order to fill the whole universe. After Jesus' death and his resurrection, and then he ascended into heaven because his work of redemption on the cross was now finished, he didn't want to be just limited to one place at one time. So now scripture says he fills the whole universe. Right now, this very moment as I'm speaking to you, Jesus is in North Korea. He's in the Middle East. He's in all the airplanes flying around the world. He's in the Oval Office. Come time for the next uh, voting session, he'll be in the, the polling place. And, and, and the polling booth, Jesus is in the Supreme Court. On Monday, Jesus is going to be back again on the, the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Jesus is in the ICU. He's in the bread and in the wine. And everywhere he goes, he shows you his hands and his side. The psalmist says, You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Peace be with you. And Jesus comes to replace fear with joy, with the assurance of his eternal presence. Then Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Whenever you forgive sins, they are forgiven. Whenever you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. You know what Jesus was really saying to the disciples? Gentlemen, you really need to get out more. You can't stay locked up here in this stale air. I'm sending you out as my ambassadors to the world because the world needs the message of peace too. It was going to be the disciples' responsibility to take the message of forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ to the world. It would be a message of God's anger replaced by love Because sins are covered by the blood of the Lamb. St. Paul tells us in Colossians, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. And so it was in there in the room Jesus placed into the hands of the disciples the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whenever you forgive sins, they are forgiven. Whenever you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. You know, you have that key too. You know what the key is? So simple. The ability to open heaven's doors to anyone who believes in Jesus Christ. You will be saved. Or you may have to lock heaven's door by telling someone that they do not believe in Jesus, they will be lost. Warn them before it's too late. As my Father has sent me, I am sending you. You means you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. But salt does not do its best work in the salt shaker. You have to shake it out. Light doesn't do its best job when you put it under a bushel. You have to let it shine. The message for you and me, you got to get out more. To take the message of peace to the world, reach out because they won't reach in. And our efforts of all the things that we do around here, vacation, Bible camp, and Easter egg hunts, and block parties, and first Fridays, are not an exercise in busyness. 
but reaching out to the world. I am sending you with the message of my peace. And finally, uh, St. John tells us this morning that uh, Jesus made a second visit to the disciples because Thomas had been absent in the first meeting. After listening to his fellow seminarians say, we've seen the Lord, Thomas said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Oh, doubting Thomas. What a bum rap he got. All the other disciples were doubters too. Early Easter morning, and the women came, they saw Jesus. We've seen Jesus. We oh. Until he finally visited them in the upper room. Too bad we call him Doubting Thomas. It's kind of interesting when Jesus was going to Jerusalem for his last time. We knew he was going to die there. The disciples didn't want him to go. They knew something bad was going to happen. But Jesus said, no, I'm going. It was Thomas who said, let's go so that we too may die with him. Thomas was a disciple of great faith. But he was absent. You know what that means? Don't skip church because you might miss something. Thomas wanted some empirical evidence. He wanted to see and to touch. Otherwise, he would not believe. And then Jesus was there. And once again, he had an Easter gift. This time for Thomas. Peace be with you. Jesus gave Thomas the opportunity to learn a little bit about faith. He said, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. You believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen but still believe. Thomas's reaction, my Lord and my God. Jesus brought Thomas some Easter peace by replacing doubt with faith. Have to ask exactly what is faith. The book of Hebrews tells us, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Peter also speaks about it in one of his letters when he says, Jesus Christ, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Have any doubts right now? Fear of the future? Fear of the unknown? Do you need a little more faith? I always like to think uh, doubts are sort of like having big question marks rolling around in your brain. How am I going to make it through this? What's going to happen? When will it be over? 
Is this going to last forever? Is there anyone out there to help me? I remember when I was younger, when I had doubts, I would go and talk to my dad. I told him what was on my mind. He listened to me. He gave me some advice because he was wise. He had lived longer than I did. And I listened, and my doubts would go away. And now he's gone, and I can't see him. But his words still echo in my mind ever so often. You want to get rid of your doubts? Then you have to listen to your father's word of peace echo in your minds. Suddenly there was with the angel the company of the heavenly host, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. For to you a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So there it is. Your Easter gift from Jesus. He gave it to the women. Then he gave it to the men. Then he gave it to Thomas. And now he gives it to you. It's all about turning fear into joy. It's about turning God's anger into love. It's about turning doubt into faith. It's his gift of peace. Guaranteed protection by his presence. Guaranteed resurrection. Guaranteed sins forgiven. And it's always also, it's yours all the time, even when you're not feeling peaceful. It's just the perfect Easter gift. It's exactly what you need. And it's exactly what you have. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, 
Very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.